It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
house. State house. We thank you for all you call it to. Remember our EMT, our police officers, our firefighters, Lord, and military as well. to New York City, um, where I normally would go to 
Methodist church that I just sort of stumbled onto. This Episcopal church it was right outside uh, the reservoir in the park, which is so beautiful, and you just couldn't miss this fabulous church. So I decided to go in and see what worship was like there. And I just found it so comprehensive. And my experience was there was so loving and giving. It's the Church of the Heavenly Rest. And I just I just felt myself growing and more and more and being pulled into something deeper that God wanted from me. So how did you make, so how did you make the decision to go to seminary? Well, well, the decision itself was not necessarily one that I expected. At the time, within my faith, I just knew that it was growing. I had no idea that it was going to end up in priesthood. No one is more shocked than me that that's, that's what I am today. But at the time, I knew that I needed to know more about God. I knew that I needed to understand more about church as I was sitting in the pew. And so I would go back and ask questions. So a woman who has been in my life since junior high, I called her up and I said, Squick, I need to know more about the church. Is there a book that you could tell me about that would help me understand church more? And with all the love and patience in the world, she said to me, of course, I know a great book. It's called the Bible. <laughs> so I said, oh, no, what am I in for? So I really just began to study the scripture. I wasn't thinking at all about going into seminary. But with each step in learning more about the scripture, stepping deeper into um, such sacred text, I found myself wanting more and being called to more. And I knew that there was deeper study that needed to happen. And so I just thought, let me call up the seminary and see what they have to say. Let me see what classes are around. And with each phone call, they would ask me questions. And with each question they asked me, I had to think further and deeper. So it finally came to a point where I had to really recognize myself that something was about to happen and I needed to just let go and see where God was going to take it. So you graduated from seminary three years ago and now serve as interim pastor of a historic church in Greenwich Village. Introduce us to your parish. Oh, my goodness. It's such an amazing parish. It's very eclectic. So if, if you've ever been in New York or know what the village areas are like, you could be sitting in a pew next to someone who works on Wall Street, and right next to them is going to be a person who may not even be working, or they may be in the arts, or they may be in some other industry. But coming from such different areas of life, sitting within our pews, and especially in a village area of the city, they're going to sit down with New Yorkers. They're going to talk about art. They're going to talk about history. They're going to talk about all these amazing things about New York and God and the spirit within the city. So there's such a joy. They challenge me. They offer me such beauty. And in all honesty, I have never felt so much part of a community as I have at this point in my life. And what are some of the ways you reach out to the community? We try to look for different ways of reaching out. Uh, clearly, we're in a part of the city that is um, uh, quite nice. You know, it's Fifth Avenue. It's right up in Washington Square Park. And there's a lot of people um, of good means around us. So we have to balance out what the needs are for the neighborhoods around us as 
one of the ways that we reach out is needs. So one of the ways out a food pantry called the Michael Defender Food Pantry, in which we offer one to two days a week where we literally hand out food to those people who are on the fringe, actually. They're not folks who are homeless, um, but they're also folks who cannot necessarily pay all the bills in a month. So we literally hand them groceries and they line up across the street and we don't ask any questions and we just hand out the food. We also help some of the kids in the area with a tutoring program and we do that every Monday during the school year. But this past year, because of Hurricane Sandy and some other issues that have been going on, we actually have been extending ourselves through other organizations such as Habitat for Humanity, Episcopal Charities, um, and the relief and development in those areas where we can be part of a larger structure in helping out. So we'll do collections and things like that as well. But mostly we take care of a village that is amongst many neighborhoods. And so sometimes the dynamics of that change. This week, this week your sermon is based on the epistle lesson from Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 24. Would you read it for us? Yes. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin, for I did not receive it from a human source, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You have, heard no you have heard no doubt of my earlier life in Judaism. I was violently persecuting the Church of God and was trying to destroy it. I advanced I was far more zealous for the traditions of about becoming Jews. So it wasn't anything that was necessarily being forced on people. 
Hey, um, we, just like today, we, we see different churches today and we get very excited about them. So we feel like we need to make sure we pull into every one of those traditions in order to love God more fully. So there were people the Jewish process and then there were people who did not want to go through the Jewish process. And Paul, and Paul was basically saying so he was very upset actually at the time that a church that he had helped to bring along into the faith was being pulled into another direction. Shelly, your sermon is entitled Love and Transformation. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Western culture. We believe ourselves, our lives, and our homelands to have certain rights when it comes to choosing how we are to live and what we are allowed to do with and within those lives. We often go to great lengths to argue or stand up for or against issues that may be keeping us from those appointed we even appoint ourselves gatekeepers for those whom we feel are being kept from those rights. Borders, relationships, and law become our battleground. The depth of passions and sometimes the depth of indifference to any current social, political, or religious topic are as various today as they have been throughout the history of civilization. We may even find ourselves on different sides of a debate at different points of our lives. Events and relationships will often offer a different perspective for us to consider as we encounter ourselves in each issue. Paul was considered a gatekeeper, or at least history has made him out to be one. I don't think he meant for it to be that way. In his letters, he evokes how much he wanted to tear down fences, not build them. I don't believe he meant to be an architect of the great divide. All he wanted was for people to open up and experience the great divine, to offer a path to God's love for all who wanted to receive it. Sometimes history and intention can get lost in translation. And God's love is lost with it. What is needed is an understanding of love and transformation. Paul's letter to the Galatians has been used throughout the ages by both Christians and Jews alike to draw boundaries. It has even created division within the Christian faith itself. We like to demonstrate our depth of love for God and God's love for us by sometimes comparing our faith commitment and personal conversion experiences to Paul's. It's not our fault, really. The story of Paul's transformation in the book of Acts had already given dramatic license to new details. Horses, light, horses, 
lights flashing, and the divine voices heard calling out to the prosecutors would be enough for anyone to fall to their knees in amazement. Listening to the words, listening to the words of Paul himself, maybe key to a better understanding of his complete journey and ours. To hear Paul's own account of his life in and with Jesus is no less dramatic than the story in Acts. It's so much more intimate. And the most beautiful part of his journey is that he wants to be heard. He says, for I want you to know, brothers and sisters, and then he goes on to share with us not the dramatic details of the event itself, but the steps he took after realizing God's call to him through his newfound belief in Jesus the Christ. What I love most about Paul at this time is his honesty in being human. He goes through a natural period of faith transformation that needs to separate itself in order to understand itself. He spent time alone with the Spirit. He spent a lot of time alone with the Spirit. He made sure he touched base with those who were more mature in the faith. But he also allowed his own mind and soul to be transformed by the deep and consistent work that only spiritual surrender and reconciliation can do. He was not perfect. He made mistakes and admits to them rightly. He was no less human than Jesus and certainly no more divine than Christ. He was guided into love by God's grace. Paul never actually refers to his transformation as conversion. In those days, conversion wasn't even a topic of conversation. Remaining a Jew, he was being asked to do with the Gentiles was a fulfillment of his faith. A new understanding, a call to what God had set him apart to do. And once he understood his call, he was passionate about it. The kind of passion that only comes from a deep and organic belief in the love of God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His work was clear. To proclaim to all our limited access we have to God through Jesus Christ. And to do this for the purpose of glorifying God. As Paul expresses to us, through his response of Jesus in his life, we glorify God through our love of one another. We honor God through our faith expression to one another. And we offer ourselves to God in our surrender of grace to one another. In my own faith journey, I have found Paul to be a realistic representative of coming to faith in Christ. Although I grew up believing my path for life was set. Angry with different faith traditions 
and social. I believe you provided me an undercurrent of my nothing more than that. And social and associations with faith groups. It provided me an undercurrent that allowed me to keep a toe and thank God for that. For when, I found my for when I found myself at the crossroads of pain, the disillusionment, the disillusionment of life, God's grace, God's grace and the maturity of faith close at hand carried me into a, well-needed, a well-needed wilderness. provided for me the spiritual nourishment and patience I needed to discover God's fulfillment for my life. I needed my first journey on the road to in my late 20s. After being heartbroken by miscarriage, I discovered that the reality my of my first journey the character of someone waking up from a 10-year coma. Miscarriage. I discovered the realities of my from a completely unaware of how they were unconscious. My life was unrecognizable. It took time to recover and learn once again how to respond to life rather than react to it. As I said earlier, I was fortunate to have people in my life who had a maturity of faith. But more important, I was smart enough to reach out to them and allow my vulnerability of faith to be discovered, encouraged, and transformed. Boundaries needed, Boundaries needed to be pointed out. Is needed to be mended. And in some cases, needed to be mended. Needed to be reviewed. My heart desperately needed. In some cases, torn down. Damascus to priesthood. Laws needed to be reviewed. Came purely. And my heart of listening came purely from a. And often fighting. And often fighting. As well as spending a lot of time in the wilderness. God does much more fulfilling of faith than He does of converting it. Everything from my past life is used practically every day, and I do mean everything. All the bumps, pain, fallen tree limbs. Discovered and experienced, discovered and experienced along the way, in one and way put together in one way or another, yes. as well as my gifts. Jesus really does mean, Jesus really does mean it when God he tells us, to God be all the glory. In his book, The, in his book, moment, the Transforming Moment, Loder author writes, James Loder writes this with Paul's Damascus event in mind. There can be no doubt. There can be no doubt that the transforming event must be felt as one's own. Saul was addressed and authorized in his own right by this moment. He was addressed in terms of the particular struggle in his own soul. Transformation does not validate the experience of Christ, but one cannot know Christ apart from transformation. But each of us is called to in our life of faith with Jesus Christ may not be as dramatic or historic as the books and theologies written about the Apostle Paul or as surprising as priesthood. But they are no less transformative. We learn directly from Paul 
and it takes time, honesty, and commitment to transform a life of faith. Boundaries and fences are to be reflected upon, possibly mended, possibly taken down, and possibly even left in place. Relationships are to be reconciled, possibly restored, possibly brought to closure, and hearts are to be opened, and the love of God is to be proclaimed. Let us pray. Let us pray. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path, where we had thought to find an abomination. We shall find a God. Where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outwards, we shall come to the center of our own existence. Where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. Amen. Now, Shelley McDade offers some final reflections on today's message with our host, Peter Watts. Shelley, this text from Galatians and your sermon on it give us fascinating insights into Paul's life and ministry. You said that history has made Paul out to be a gatekeeper, but you don't think he meant to be. Rather, he frequently expresses the desire in his letters to tear down barriers rather than build them. All he wanted was for people to open up and experience God's love. In this light, how might Paul serve as a model for our own lives? I actually find Paul to be a wonderful model, but the real Paul is the wonderful model, not the one we've made him out to be, which is the point I'm making in the sermon. You know, Paul went through such a process of the fulfillment in his faith, but when we hear it in the book of Acts and when we think about Paul, we think about it almost in today's terms where everything is just immediate. Right. With all of our technology and everything today, everything is so um, right in the moment. But Paul actually spent almost two decades before he actually was preaching. And so it wasn't like he had this one experiential event that occurred and then, bam, he was this amazing saint that we've all made him out to be. He actually went through what we really do go through today, which is. Something occurs where God is calling us, and you almost have to step back and think about it and feel it and experience it and ask questions about it so that you're able to understand it further. And that's exactly what Paul did. You know, he went away and he spent time in the Spirit. He spent a lot of time with God, but he knew enough to go back and sit down with Peter and James. He didn't necessarily agree with them. And that's one of my favorite things about him. He didn't necessarily agree with him, but he listened. And they listened to him. And then he went back again and thought about it and spent time again in the spirit before moving on. Shelly, what's one thing from your sermon today that you hope our listeners will keep in mind this week? I hope that they would keep in mind that we're all God's children. That even though we attend different denominations, even though we are at different places within our maturity of faith, 
that we are no less than anyone else. The second thing I would like for them to get out of it is to really understand the scripture that they're reading. You know, to go in and not just listen to the stories they've been told about Paul, but to go into the scripture and find out why Paul is saying something. What was the surroundings, you know, that were going on within the scripture? Why would he say it that particular way? Paul says a lot of things differently in different letters, but there's a reason for it. You know, there's very much a reason for why Paul is saying something. The context of the village that he's talking to, the people that he's talking to, the group in which he's talking to, and he's really wonderful about making sure that the journey that's in front of him, he's meeting them where they are. So I think it's very important for us to meet each other, but we are as well. Shelly McDave, thank you for being with us. Thank you.
Bus driving. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible.
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.